3: Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. This edition brought to you by the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime martin I'm joined as always by my co-host, the co-owner of Rotoviz, it is Mr. Sean Siegel. Um pulling back the curtain i like to when i'm wrong i like to let the people know i'm wrong Um, and this occasion we've uh, been trying to set this recording up over the last 30 or so minutes and uh, i got a new laptop just uh, at christmas time and i didn't actually realize there's a button on it to mute the microphone so uh, this one uh, hopefully it's gonna it's gonna be worth the wait Uh, obviously as we mentioned on the previous show we have two weeks between most of our editions now in the off season but uh, as always sean's bringing it strong today so looking forward to talking through many topics sean the last time we talked was just a week prior to the Super Bowl we were both looking for the Rams to come out on top on that obviously that didn't happen first the Patriots came out on top in a, in a very low scoring encounter how have things been for you over the, the last two weeks
2: well it's it's been it's been nice that've got a lot of exciting things happening with the site that we'll talk about here in a minute and those two weeks have have given us a chance to I think shake off a little bit of that Super Bowl which frankly, uh, there was some excitement to it. I mean, obviously, it's a, a competitive game, but that was more like a Dolphins-Jets kind of game than a Super Bowl. And so, you know, obviously, frequent listeners know that I'm a huge Chiefs fan, didn't have a lot of enthusiasm about the Super Bowl going into that. Then you get that kind of game. Certainly, I think there are a lot of us and, and you know, our sort of other selves out in those alternate universes i'm excited for them a lot of people getting to enjoy a chiefs saints super bowl in those universes and i think that probably ended up being a much more exciting game so you know hopefully some folks out there got to see a real fun super bowl obviously those of us here were subjected to patriots rams which was about as bad as it gets
3: yeah and uh as i mentioned on the last show when you're when you're watching these games uh, in ireland you're you're dealing with it um a couple of hours you know five hours different to the east coast eight eight hours different uh than on the, the west coast side of things so th- that uh, game was you know getting into the fourth quarter around 2 a.m here so <laughs> it was a uh, it wasn't the most entertaining in terms of staying up but we we continued to have a good time and have a party but um obviously um, that wasn't the most exciting game, but from a defensive point of view, very, very fascinating just to see how it played out. But again, from fantasy point of view, we're always looking at how things can be exciting from a scoring perspective. So an, an interesting Super Bowl, but I don't think it's one that'll live that long in the memory outside of uh, those defensive enthusiasts uh, among us but sean there's lots of exciting stuff to talk about for what's going on with rotoviz over the the last week and then over the the rest of the offseason into the 2019 season so let's jump into the second quarter discuss a little bit about what's going on with rotoviz so sean in the second quarter something i'm very excited about i had heard some of the the news you know behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks and uh, then obviously it's been made official over the last kind of couple of days maybe a week and a half and very exciting news uh, people joining the team here and i'll let you go through it in a little bit more detail in a moment but guys like curtis patrick travis may and uh, uh, mike beers jumping aboard as well so you know in terms of Talent. Uh, I don't think you get much more talented across the fantasy industry. Uh, I know Curtis Patrick and uh, Beers. They're they're jumping back aboard again after having previously been with is but uh, amazing uh, people to have added to the team and I, I know as well with the the rotoviz radio side of things uh, curtis patrick bringing some of his dynasty stuff across as well to the podcast channel so it's just going to be f- fantastic uh, for us both from an audio point of view or written point of view and of course uh, with the apps then that mike's taking along as well but exciting times and you you've been busy behind the scenes getting everything set up for the 2019 season
2: yeah i i can't tell people just how excited i am there there have been a lot of of fantastic things i think for the site that that have happened over the last month and and really covering a wide variety of areas we had the lead writer announcement go out uh, a week and a half ago now moving seven of our writers to lead writer status the guys who did a fantastic job uh, really carrying the in-season content which i feel like was the best that we've ever had here each year the in-season content gets that little bit better and, and we're obviously looking to continue to develop there had four other writers announced as, as featured writers for the combination of in-season work and some things that they were doing behind the scenes to really help us out also on sort of the management side uh, anthony shook and jim clute have been doing a great job with the apps they're going to be even more involved this year we have a new box score scout which will debut shortly allow you to do all that prospect analysis that uh, is is so fun at this time of the year. Uh, then Dave Caban, obviously a a big part of of Real biz Radio, Blair Andrews also involved with the report. Uh, those guys, Dave is our senior fantasy analyst, Blair our managing editor. They're going to be more involved with the decision making process year this year, and they were big parts of of how successful our 2018 is. So it's It's been great to have them be so involved with the decision-making process. And with those people involved, I have to give them a lot of credit for the things that that we're doing here. And and you mentioned Curtis Patrick coming on as the... New director of marketing and social media, you know, very exciting there. Obviously, making those connections with people in the industry. Curtis has already done three or four fantastic things just in the last week and a half, so you know that's a, a great development for us. Travis May is going to be helping us build out the developmental dynasty and college football element of the site, and we have some tremendous writers in this area. One of our lead writers, uh, Jordan Hoover, has done fantastic work on the college football side and you know the the team that we're building here is is going to be very exciting. Travis brings a little bit of a scouting perspective too which will be interesting to to sort of marry and merge with the metric based research that that we really rely on and focus on so what we'll have in terms of the January February March time period you know going forward is is just going to be really cool and then you know this week, we've got a lot of best ball starting up, and to have best ball starting and to have Mike Beers back involved with RotoViz is just really cool. Uh, his tools are going to be on the site. If you haven't had a chance to play with those tools, you'll want to sort of stay tuned over the next week, week and a half as we get those up and running. Those tools are worth the price of the subscription by themselves. The Roster Construction Explorer really helps you. Uh, you can you can explore this and look at different ways to construct your roster uh, in, in a lot of detail. You know, where you draft your running backs, where you draft your wide receivers, how many you pick, you know, how that fits in with those. Uh, More limited positions of QB, tight end, defense, you know, what the perfect formulations are to really boost that win rate. Because you can go through, you can use this tool, figure out ways to jump your win rate from that six, seven percent range into that 11, 12 percent range. And very straightforwardly, that makes a huge, huge difference. You know, we've talked on the show a little bit uh, in the past and just how lucky I have been in the MFL 10 of death using zero running back approaches the last four years and that approach you know using some contingency based drafting you know having some of the top player win rates that all comes into play but a lot of what i have done and we've talked about this on the site when i go through sort of my best ball uh, blueprint for any given year that background that blueprint relies on things that mike has presented on the site in the past and research that he has done so we're gonna have this tool on the site i'm gonna have in just in playing with it for a couple of hours i had 10 to 15 articles that you know were very clear on different types of specific theses that we could look at and explain how to really boost your best ball winning potential so Again, I, these are these are exciting additions to the team. Uh, potentially more coming, and so it's just it's a very exciting time for Rotoviz. And and like you mentioned, the Dynasty Command Center podcast is coming over to Rotoviz Radio. So Curtis and Travis will be on with the team uh, in that capacity as well. So you know your Rotoviz Radio will continue to get better. Also,
3: yeah, and we're um, just behind the scenes working today um, with Curtis on setting up uh, that new channel on. The podcast network. So, uh, I believe the plan is to roll those out from next week, uh, if not next week, the following week. So, plenty of Dynasty content coming your way on RotoViz Radio. Uh, you also mentioned as well with the the apps, we will obviously be talking about them when the best ball season is coming into play. And obviously, today's show brought to you by the FFPC. So, those apps will come in perfectly well uh, when I do our little uh, sponsored read in a moment. The other part with it is when I always go to Twitter around best ball season, the two people that I tend to look to are Farmer RotoViz. Uh, apps expert and that's uh, Josh ADHD or Josh uh, Hornsby who you'll see doing great work in terms of baseball. the other one is Mike Beers who uh, you should be following if you're in to best and that is at Beerswater on Twitter two of the, the best in the business when it comes to that sort of stuff so we'll be talking in a moment about some of the work that uh, Curtis has done already on the site we'll be looking through his article and breaking down the Browns running back situation and we'll be doing that right after this Hello, Rotabiz fans. Allow me a brief second to tell you about our good friends at the FFPC, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football. While it may be the off season for most people, it definitely is not for our listeners here uh, to the Rotabiz podcast network or for the players over at the FFPC. If you're a diehard who's ready to draft now, the FFPC best ball leagues are already open for the 2019 seasons with drafts starting daily and also from the entry fee price of $35. If you're a fan of Dynasty, and obviously we've touched on Dynasty so far on the show and I'm a big Dynasty enthusiast, over the last few years the FFPC has become the go-to destination for serious Dynasty players. There are now almost 300 active Dynasty leagues starting at just $77 and even leagues with a $5,000. Dollar entry fee so if you are feeling that way inclined head on over to some of the high stakes leagues over there the best part not a single dynasty league has folded over the last nine years limited orphan teams are available to purchase right now ahead of the 2019 season and also brand new startup dynasty leagues are opening shortly as well don't miss out on the ffpc experience go to myffpc.com and register now that is my FFPC, the home of season long high stakes fantasy football
1: Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home.
3: So, Sean, as we head into the third quarter, uh, I mentioned Curtis done a piece this week in regards to the Browns' backfield, I guess. You know, the main news this week in terms of the Browns has been that Kareem Hunt has signed with the team, although it is unknown yet as to, you know, what suspension he will face. He likely will miss some of the season, uh, this upcoming 2019 season, but we'll see how that shakes out. But he, he had an interesting piece breaking down you know the backfield now with Chubb with Duke Johnson um, and of course as well with Cream Hunt in the mix and breaking it down to what we expect to happen and how their values are changed so obviously uh, Chubb was somebody who both of us were very high on um, early in the season he was behind Carlos Hyde and Hyde obviously was moved on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, Chubb had kind of his breakout run down the stretch and Duke Johnson had a little bit of an improved role although not what we would have expected in the preseason. Johnson is under contract until 2021 Um, now with Hunt on the scene obviously I would probably expect him to miss at least you know six games this season um, if not more but how do you think this sign-in is going to affect Chubbs um, you know in, in terms of this season um, and I, I think this might open up a little bit of a window to possibly go and try and make that offer to buy Chubb now because I still think long-term Chubb is uh, an outstanding dynasty asset at the running back position.
2: Right, and we saw that Chubb scored 17.7 points per game uh, with Kitchens calling the plays. And so you're looking at, especially with that being a rookie, and potentially anticipating some development in that scoring and that role going forward. Obviously, for him to continue to... Uh, jump into that very top tier. He would need to catch more passes, only two and a quarter receptions from that point, and so he's fairly touchdown dependent. And then you get into the situation where Kareem Hunt is a very similar player, right? Both guys uh, have limited long speed, although they have created quite a few big plays so far in their NFL career. So there's the potential to where you might be skeptical that they can continue to create all those splash type plays but fantastic runners at the point of contact fantastic balance can break through that first contact uh and are going to be that sort of first down second down goal line type of back so the overlap with these two players is almost complete in terms of what you would see as the role now this is such a unique situation kind of as you mentioned with expecting the suspension uh It it really is not the kind of deal where you would expect both of these guys to go out this coming season and play a lot together, right? You're going to be expecting Chubb to have the bulk of the workload again during that time period of the suspension. You know, once you come back with Hunt, if in fact he's eligible at all next year, then I would expect him to be the backup. And what you're really looking at now as a Kareem Hunt owner, and Curtis talks about this, is just I mean you're looking for that Chubb injury, which we always talk about with your running back, that none of us are, are rooting for injuries. And so I, I don't think that this is great for Hunt. It was one of the last places Curtis wanted to see him. I think it's one of the last places that a lot of people wanted to see him, in part because he had that receiving value In the Andy Reid offense but he was not as involved as you might have guessed based on what Andy Reid does so you move to an offense here where the running back is likely to be less involved and then you also are moving into a situation where most of us hope that Chubb can develop a little bit in that area you do have Duke Johnson so I think the first thing you need to see for either of these guys is you do need to have Johnson leaving in some way shape or form Uh, even though he doesn't score that many points you can't have him in the mix with these other two guys curtis points out that you know we have the fantastic player usage app that jim built last year you can go in there and look and uh, kitchens is not using a third running back hardly at all now he mentions the small sample size obviously that is true uh, but his mentor bruce arians uh, over a, a 14 season sample uh, his running back two is not a big score and running back three you know hardly involved at all so obviously these guys they come out you become your play caller on your own you become a head coach you know you develop your own mentality your own relationship with the players the play calling and you use the personnel that you have and so he could perhaps go about this differently but i don't think there's a great way to spin this that this is good for anyone involved except perhaps if you're in a league with chubb on a different team and that owner is panicking then i think you could make a move here because especially for the first half nick chubb should still be a top scorer now whether he is a true running back one with as many points as those top running backs are scoring and his limitations in the receiving game you know i don't know that that he's going to get to that level but if you can get him as a discount with hunt now part of this team then i think that you try to do that Honestly, though, I, I wouldn't expect that there will be that many of those scenarios at play. Nick Chubb owners are going to have a really hard time selling him after what he did the second half of last season.
3: Yeah, I, I agree 100%. The, the other part that's interesting, I mentioned the contract that Johnson has. It'll be interesting to see if the team might look to uh, move him. Obviously, it's going to depend on what they think the situation would be with Hunt. But you know, from an NFL perspective, in terms of what you're trying to do in the backfield, and you know, running backs do get injured, so trying to have somebody like Hunt there as insurance, um as a smart move i think Uh, it's just the the situation obviously with what happened off the field with him uh, is a a major concern so we'll see what happens from that perspective it'll be interesting i I think there is a possibility they may look to move johnson i kind of see hunt as a a player who's kind of fits in between he's more of a hybrid he can do uh the pass catching and role and he can also do the the running downs and the other guys are more one one sided in terms of their attributes so uh i'm still i'm still kind of though i'm in on hub and uh, on hub and on chub heading into the season and i think as you mentioned it'll be tough to, to get those deals but i think those deals will be a, a little bit cheaper and i think if you are uh, a hunt owner I think in terms of his value, we, we may we may be at the, the peak here in terms of like if a, a suspension's looming, uh, the value would obviously drop again then. So that, this might be a smart time to, to move Hunt, um, uh, but I'm still, I'm still all aboard Chubb in terms of beyond this season um, uh, and looking ahead to that. So an interesting perspective. The Browns certainly are a much, much more interesting team um, than they had been you know, over the previous five years. Next season's going to be very, very interesting to see how it goes there for them so jumping into the fourth quarter now sean i want to look at a piece that has done up on the website hassan rahim and it's always you know one of my favorite people to, to read work from on a weekly basis um he was looking at 2018 Pythagorean per- wins and um, he's kind of looking at where some teams and some players in particular might regress um when it comes to 2019 so players who had good years but you know there's there may be certain reasons why they have overachieved and may not be able to do it um, when it comes to the 2019 season was there any players in it Sean that that stood out for you I always find these kind of pieces that they're a little bit in terms of trying to to work them out and, and do the actual research myself sometimes I find it can be a bit too complex for myself but I really love uh, reading the pieces when the guys have the work done
2: yeah Hassan points out here and and it's kind of it's a lot of fun to look at the Dolphins and Adam Gase especially now with Gase uh, moving on to a new team and seeing how that will work. But the Dolphins have outperformed their win expectation for three seasons in a row. And 18 of their 23 victories have come by a single score. More impressively, they were 18 and 6 in one score games over the last three season. In in this most recent season, they won all but two of their games by one score. So when you have a, a very small average margin in victory, but you lose five games by 19 or more points. Uh, this is a situation where we should expect the Dolphins to uh, take a step back. And even though they've got an exciting new head coach, you've got the head coach who just uh, really made his name by shutting down the Chiefs in the first half of the AFC Championship game, shutting down the Rams in the Super Bowl. But there's going to be some work to do here with the Dolphins. And uh, I <sighs> I don't think that they have a lot of fantasy guys that are interesting in any way, shape, or form. This, this has the look of a complete rebuild on the offensive side of the ball. Do you have any Dolphins skill players that you're targeting?
3: not really heading into it you know depending on where the value starts to shake out later in it and we'll see but there's a lot of players who have disappointed on this team over the last couple of seasons i know i i was you know quite positive about uh, Devontae parker you know when he came into the league and then obviously that that enthusiasm has got less each and every season that he's been in the nfl but you know there's players there that maybe we can get excited about but even looking back to last season we were looking at you know these players that could have nice seasons Based on basically that there was no other players there that we expected to do a huge amount, um. So it's not it's not that there's a lot to get excited about there. Obviously, we'll see what happens with the quarterback position. That there, there's just not a lot to to get excited. And like you mentioned, I think there's going to be a ag- regression. I think the part that stands out for me is like adam gase i know there was kind of a meme made out of when he arrived with the jets and in the interview and how he was looking around the room but you know i think when it comes down to the bottom of it i think adam gase is a lot better coach than people I give him credit for i think he was in a tough situation in miami i think he outperformed like what it, obviously basically what Ar- hassan has proved here outperforming what he was his ability uh, or what the players that he had so i think when we look at it i think it's a good move for the jets in terms of ga- getting Gase in there but i i think we'll see a regression here there's nobody really on this team that excites me all that much and then the players who we may have had some you know uh, excitement about somebody like a kenyan drake then obviously didn't really do what we thought he would do last season so is it i i'm pretty much probably certain that you feel similar but is there anybody in miami that's getting you excited there's nobody really there for me
2: no i don't think so and and certainly- the situation with Gase is is complicated because we can also look at it uh, if he gets a little bit less lucky in some of those games in terms of how the, the final margin works out when loss wise, then not only is he not being hired by the Jets, but perhaps he is out of the NFL entirely. We look at another team in that same division and Hassan points out that the Bills were a regression candidate. Given that they had won three more games than they should have the previous season, and in a, what was a shock to absolutely no one, they did fall back to six and 10 this year. But he also points out a bright spot, which is that in the games that Josh Allen played, they were almost a seven win team, whereas in their other games, in terms of expectation, they were down at just over two. Josh Allen, on the other hand, could be this exciting player, to take a step forward. Obviously, unless you're in a 2QB league, those quarterbacks, you know, that's not a a high value position, but Allen could be one of those guys you draft really late, you get the QB one, maybe the low-end QB one scoring from, and you know, can really continue to dedicate your picks to to other positions. Do you have some enthusiasm about Allen and, and looking at 2019?
3: yeah the thing i think with alan is i think even if he doesn't like accuracy has been something that's been talked about him a lot i think even if he has the issues where he's not putting up a lot of passing yards per game i think you know it's a situation where he's doing enough on the ground that we've seen and obviously teams will start the game plan to take that away more but there's only so much you can take away so if it's a case where he's dropping back and he's scrambling a couple of times a game, you know, picks up 30 yards per game, then has a passing touchdown, there's always gonna be the chance now for him to have rushing touchdowns as well. I think there's a safe floor there. If you're taking him, you know, as a, a later round quarterback, I think it's it's definitely an option. I think we'll probably be in a situation that'll come you know draft time where people start to get a little bit too much hype on him. I think he does have his, you know, negative sides as a quarterback. I don't expect him to ever be a you know a real top-level NFL. Passer, so i think that's always going to hold them back but we have seen a lot of quarterbacks in the past be able to do it with uh, what they're doing on the ground and if you look at somebody like a lamar jackson who there's a lot of obviously scripted plays for him to run uh, if you look at you know how they both performed as passers this season there's probably not a huge amount of difference between them but there'll be a huge amount of difference i think between the hype for them both heading into this season and i think we'll probably end up seeing similar actual end results out of both of them so it was interesting down the stretch as well to see how things shaked out in Buffalo from a passing perspective we've seen him get uh, some more passing touchdowns as the the end of the season went on if you look at what he did in his rookie season in terms of uh, peak games you know I I believe there was a a 40 point game in there there was a a quite a a large number of games that he was you know in the high teens to into the late 20s so I'm I'm excited about you know trying to get him particularly in best ball leagues I think he's a, a very safe quarterback option to have there.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned Jackson and jumping down to potential improvement candidates. As Sam points out that the Ravens were 10-6, but they did underperform their win expectation by quite a bit. They lost four of their six games by a single score. And, you know, it's always difficult to project teams to really be too far above 10 wins. 10 wins is a good number. But they had the third-best win expectation in the AFC They were an 11-win team with Jackson, uh, just over a 9-win team with Flacco. Obviously, we know what direction that is going for 2019. This is Jackson's team. Are the Ravens the third-best team now in the AFC outside of New England and Kansas City? And you mentioned the difference in the hype between Allen and Jackson, but just how excited should we be for Jackson in year two?
3: i i really don't know with jackson you know from a russian perspective the the sky's the limit but from an actual passing perspective i think there's a huge growth that's going to come in i know we often talk about somebody like cam newton and his passing ability and the limitations there but i i think even with newton when he came into the league he wasn't as raw in terms of a passing prospect as uh you know jackson like we we did see this year pretty much i know i know we had crab at a big game when it came to the playoffs against the Chargers, kind of later on in that game. But if you look at in terms of wide receiver and pass catching production for that team, once Jackson became the quarterback, that really disappeared. So, in terms of skill position players for uh, the Ravens this season, I think it's going to be very limited. And I think it's going to be outside of the running game, it's going to be an offense I, I stay away from. I, I think it's going to be a, a huge issue for you know you know the pass catchers there like you know John Brown I know I know Flacco obviously has moved um, or will be moving to the Broncos but when he was in at the start of the season we've seen John Brown have a little bit of a revival to his career since he he went there to the Ravens but what we've seen then down the stretch was John Brown just pretty much became invisible so do you have do you think like I, I actually think there's more concerns with him in the passing game than there is with. Uh, Josh Allen how do you find that and how how's that going to shake up for your kind of analysis as to how to value their skill position players heading into the season
2: yeah so they it's gonna be tricky with him at the helm there aren't going to be as many passes you're going to be relying on some explosive plays and you have some guys like John Brown for example who fill that sort of explosive play role but I think we still have to wait for the offseason here to really see what baltimore decides to do with the receiving position they made it work in the first half of the season with flacco playing reasonably well but this is really a wide receiving core that needs to be overhauled and i think that they will do that as they look to put elite players around jackson even if you're going to run an offense that is different than what most of the teams are doing that is more run oriented that's more qb run oriented you still want to have that dynamic passing potential around him to open up the field. And I think that's what the Ravens will look to do this season. And frankly, it was more a matter of the lack of opportunities, the way that they did use so many runs because he's so, he's so dynamic with that. And I think that we can expect a little bit of development with him. He doesn't necessarily have to be in the same way that Josh Allen doesn't necessarily have to be the level of passer of a pure pocket quarterback so i I think from a fantasy perspective obviously we can be very excited from a reality perspective as well the ravens have been an excellent team with him as the qb i do think that they're the third best team in the afc and i would expect them to sort of cement that leadership atop their division especially when you look at the turmoil that we're seeing uh with the steelers you know for example so interesting developments there i think exciting young quarterbacks uh in those environments and and certainly the ravens should be a lot of fun to watch
3: yeah no, i think it's it's gonna be interesting there's a lot of things obviously that'll change between now and the season but some of those quarterbacks like a lot of teams I, I don't think there's as many teams looking for the actual quarterback of the future as we have seen over the last three or four years um you know the browns and the jets kind of have theirs there now the bells aren't looking for one at the moment with Allen, uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how we start to value uh, the players you're going to be catching passes from some of those players because that could be something that's uh, of a little bit more concern as we get closer to draft season um is there any other things that stood out for you sean and the actual article in terms of um, other teams that may have overachieved or other players that may have overachieved that we could see that regression uh, in 2019
2: well, I, I would just recommend people really go and, and check this work out by it's, and it's, it's fantastic. And it gives you a little bit of a sense of where you might see some changes, how you might value some of the fantasy players based on what is actually going on here with the reality team. Uh, not necessarily an improvement candidate, but one of the, the teams that we consider talking about on the show were the Titans, obviously Marcus Mariota. Always that... Uh, right on the verge sort of player and is going to be one of those controversial fantasy players not just for himself but how he affects his teammates going into 2019 so you know definitely check that out in the article as well
3: so in overtime, Sean. This week we're going to look at a piece by Jordan Hoover, and we're looking at the top ten prospects pre combine. Obviously, a lot of our focus over the next couple of months is going to be based on what we expect to happen for the NFL draft. And this time of year, we'll start to see players who maybe there isn't that much hype about at this stage, but as the next kind of eight, ten weeks go on, we'll see them start to become more and more part of the the public eye in terms of draft prospects and where they'll be moving on draft boards. But Jordan's piece, um, you know, breaking down the top ten prospects is there and you know i'll admit i'm not a college football watcher and i get a lot of my information then through uh you know sources like like ourselves here at um rotoviz obviously and i like to break down as much as i can with the draft prospect series and things like that but is there anyone for you that's standing out you know that has excited you that could be a top 10 prospect this year
2: Well, what I wanted to do here is really sort of try and pique the interest of uh, listeners to go check this article out. As you mentioned, Jordan has been counting down the top 40 prospects. He just recently has the top 10 guys out there. And in this top 10, it's evenly split, five running backs, five receivers. So you can attack whatever positions you are needy at on your dynasty team. I do think it's interesting that in the year after we just saw these huge numbers from Christian McCaffrey – that quite a few of the top backs are of that smaller variety and so you know will nfl teams take the plunge on them a little bit earlier uh, are they going to be drafted into situations where they're going to get enough of a workload early on McCaffrey, one of the reasons why he's been able to show what he can do is that he was drafted so early that certainly in year two a little bit less in year one uh, he was going to be the guy there are some intriguing small backs in this class are any of them going to be drafted into a situation where they could be the guy or are they going to be secondary types of players then another interesting thing for the first time in a while we've had multiple elite running back classes the top three guys on Jordan's board are all wide receivers and so with wide receiver depth always being important some of these dynasty leagues require you to play three receivers or more Uh, many leagues give you the opportunity to play six seven wide receivers Uh, this is a a chance where if you're at the top of the draft you know you could get your guy but then the final thing is that one of the top wide receivers on most boards is missing entirely from Jordan's rankings and there there are some some good reasons for that so uh, take your time uh, go over check that out Uh, if you have an opportunity and you'll be quickly into your prospect research one of the cool things that Jordan has done with this is he's linking to all of our individual articles on these prospects so you can see uh, the more detailed work that we've done on them and obviously Blair continues to put out really cool uh, advanced metric pieces on you know how to value the different prospects we worked them into these articles and so you're really going to get kind of a behind the scenes look at the best ways to beat your draft so i i strongly recommend that and then what we're going to finish with on the rapid fire version of overtime and we'll see if, if column is ready for this i haven't completely explained to him what i'm going to do here we we have it down on the show sheet but not in a way that maybe he is completely prepared uh neil and Court Smith, two of the guys who have just become lead writers for us, are doing a series where they go through and use the RotoBiz screener to grab the top comps from some of this year's rookies. So you can go through, you can see who the most comparable players are in a variety of metrics, obviously production, where the people are drafted, size, that kind of thing, to try and get some top comps and then see where those guys are. Uh, performed as second year players to get a feel for you know what you might be expecting here. So they've got these four interesting guys. I'm going to ask Colin to pick one of the comps to be the 2019 version of the player in question. So we'll start here with Traquan Smith and the comps that we have for him are Ashley Lee, Chris Henry, Devonte Parker, Justin Hunter. Who do you like Traquan to be next year?
3: it's not a it's not a hugely exciting list can we pick somebody higher than this i I know this is in terms of comparison um let's 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 go let's go justin hunter (laughs) justin
2: (laughs) if you're wanting the, the the bigger you know breakout kind of play you can go with the lee and henry guys who uh if specific instances in their career hadn't occurred probably would have been stars you have more Uh, non-football reasons for them to have not broken out perhaps than football reasons
3: exactly yeah so but it's still it's not a list that's going to make it um, all that exciting now Traquan had his splits this year where he had uh some nice games but not as much as we may have expected um in the preseason i know he was somebody that we did talk about so uh, i'm going to stick to justin hunter and you know justin hunter was always somebody who we did think had the ability to, to have a breakout and it never fully materialized so uh let's go with him but the the actual journey to the top continues. Okay, we'll move to Robert Foster then, and three of the guys who
2: out there are Hank Baskett, David Nelson, and Mark Boerichter. and I have to be honest, I when I first started playing fantasy football, I had four wide receiver formats, and this was far before you know anything to do with you know trying to promote zero running back or anything like that, uh, and required so many wide receivers in my fantasy league that I would run specifically so that someone could start Mark Bo Richter. Uh, Some listeners may not even recognize that name, but it's a 2002 season for him with the Kansas city chiefs, uh, sort of a, a very much a flash in the pan scored a bunch of touchdowns. Uh, during that trent green dick Vermeil uh, high-powered offense and then obviously disappeared so for robert foster do you like him to go the hank basket david nelson mark boricter route or again you more enthusiastic than these comps suggest
3: <laughs> and uh i'll be the first to admit that that's before my time uh watching the nfl 2002 i was uh 13 years old and for the listeners out there who follow me on twitter I actually turned 30 uh, last week so um, you know, just it was a bit before my time for for playing fantasy football, but uh, Foster's an interesting candidate because he did have that stretch in the middle of the season where he did put up nice uh, production, something that we probably didn't, ex- well, we definitely didn't expect him to do. Um, but uh, I I think there's a, a possibility that it goes good for him uh, heading into the season. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the David Nelson comparison. <laughs> let's see, let's see how things shake out for Robert Foster, but um, uh, Foster's one of those ones who. I think he's a—he's definitely a basketball candidate heading into 2019.
2: Okay, we'll start, we'll finish today with a couple of tight ends who have similar comps. So we'll look at them together. You can pick out individual guys for them if you would like. But some rookie tight ends who perhaps outperformed what people expected and could be real sleepers for this upcoming season. We have Mark Andrews and Chris Herndon. Obviously Andrews there have to deal a little bit with some competition from his own teammates at tight end and the Lamar Jackson uh, situation as the quarterback. But some of the comps we have for them are Tony Moyaki, again, a guy who uh, really saw his career sidelined by injuries, but then some big names in George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Jordan Reed, and then maybe the more sober uh, comparison in Dwayne Allen, who, uh, looked to be off to a fast start and then his career really did uh, just stall out there who, who do you like for these two players you have different guys you you, you see here
3: I think this one is a uh, you know in terms of comparisons it's a more positive one than, than the other two I think uh, if you're looking at Mark Andrews I think he probably fits a little bit more into kind of the the kind of Tony Moyaki, Dwayne Allen kind of role I have again I mentioned the concerns I have just in terms of who he's catching passes from um, and then there's quite a large amount of tight ends in that tight end room down there in Baltimore so out of the two of them the one I like best is Chris Hendren I think Hendren probably fits into that kind of Jordan Reed mold I think he can be used um, and the red zone and i think he's going to be somebody who can be a, a sneaky value heading into this season he's definitely somebody who i targeted last season in dfs and he's definitely somebody who i'm going to be targeting heading into drafts and um, in 2019 so he is one that's is definitely on my radar um, and my concern just as with andrews is the uh, the number of passes that he's actually going to catch
2: yeah and a lot of reason for optimism if you are a sam Darnold fan so uh, it's it's good to see some of those names there. Kittle obviously exploded in that second year. It took a little bit more time for Zach Ertz, but anybody who follows those paths, you would be very excited about to have in Dynasty and and even like you mentioned in Best Ball this season.
3: Absolutely, and uh, with that, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground, and uh, I've really enjoyed going through the stuff on today's show. So that's kind of going to wrap us up for today's edition of the show. As I mentioned, uh, exciting content coming over. The offseason and into the start of next season here on rotoviz radio among our shows i mentioned the Dim- dynasty command center coming over with curtis patrick and then of course rotoviz radio uh, and all the other great shows that we'll have running through we'll have a draft series and, and so on so lots of stuff coming keep you interested so make sure you subscribe to all the, the different shows on the channel that's going to do it for today's edition of road to Biz overtime on road to Biz radio brought to you by the ffpc my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime my co-host is sean Siegel, who you can follow on twitter at ff underscore contrarian and with that until we're back with the next show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at rotovisradio. Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis at a 30% discount through the Rotovis Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.
1: This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn.